It is the Brad and Brit cast. First one for this week. Thank you. Thank you for coming along with us, uh, however and wherever you are. Hey, I, I got three choices. I got three choices. I love the choices. Ready? I'm all about I'm pro-choice. <laughs> Phil Mickelson, G-G-O-T, G-Goat, S-N-L, make it go away, mommy, or go ahead and hate your neighbor, go ahead and cheat the IRS. Wow. One-tenth soldier rides away. Uh, I'm going to go with uh, a, a constant whipping boy in your life for 40 years now, at least. It is Saturday Night Live. Um, I, I, I spent time, and I, I, I wrote about this yesterday on my uh, FB page, uh-huh. um, and I don't have to refer back to it. I think I can look straight into the camera or into the mic and, and, and talk about this. For the last... It's at least, what, five years? The last show of the season that they do, uh, Colin Jost, who is, I believe, still the head writer of the show, yeah, and uh, Michael Che, who's also one of the, he's the number two writer or whatever, uh, at the very uh, end of their last segment on uh, the Saturday Night News Update, they claim... And I think they're not lying. They say that each of them will read jokes that the other has prepared for them that are so horrible that they are just beyond the pale. But you haven't seen the joke before. You have to read it straight off the teleprompter. All right. 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 And they take turns and they giggle through them. Yeah. They are embarrassed that they are doing this. Right. But they can't stop doing it. They must do it, Britt. They can't stop doing it. And their boss, Lauren Michaels, he just can't he can't put it with it. He and they're not funny. They're the kind of shit that you told back in seventh grade, back when you could tell those kind of jokes with that word in it all the time. And they're just racist as shit. And that's the point. The, the jokes that Che writes for Jost is like to make him look like the most racist piece of shit in the history of the world. But, That's kind of the joke. I, but I, I'm, I'm just asking you, why would you, under any circumstance, put yourself in the position on national television right. to be doing those kind of jokes that are, are how should we say it, a bit dated? a bit dated in their, their approach to the world. This isn't about being woke. This isn't about being sensitive. This True. isn't about anything. It's about also not even being funny. And uh, in the end, again, what you have done, I think at some level, is you have given permission. You have given permission to those people who really do like to tell those jokes, but you don't. You're just doing at the end of your little skit, and it's just funny that the two of you go back and forth. I think it's pathetic, and I also think it undercuts all of, truly, the liberalness, the wokeness of that show, which is now, how shall I say it, extremely gay. It's very gay now. Okay, I'm cool with that. But how can you do that? How can you be that show and have that kind of crap on there read by two straight guys? 
I, I think it, it, to me, why would you? It is, you're, it, you're, it is you're like I, I have. So I have a shade over here. I'd like to just pull it down. I, it's Saturday Night Live. Just pull the shade down and just be done with it. If you got nothing else to do for for two minutes every year at the end on the last show, just just shut it down. Shut it down. Uh, you you were asking why would you do that? I guess the it's three words because you can. I think that's the only reason they do that. Is they feel like somehow it makes them more edgy or something like that. I mean, I don't I don't but understand how you I don't understand no. how you make such a big deal out of Elon Musk hosting your show a couple of weeks previous and then you do bullshit like this and like it just goes by without without a trace without any kind of with anybody batting an eye. I'll give you an example. This is one of the jokes that that Che wrote for Joe's. He said DC Comics is introducing a black Superman. There's your setup for the joke. In in DC's in the DC universe, Black Superman's kryptonite is having a job. That was that was the joke that he wrote for for Colin Jost, which was supposed to be ha ha hysterical. It makes him look like a massive racist, but it's okay because the black guy wrote the joke. It's, everything's okay because the black guy wrote the racist joke, so it's funny and we can all laugh at it. I mean, that's I don't even that I don't even the think deal. that the, the, they would make that as an excuse for why they can do it because of blackout. It's just, just not, you cannot have a show that for the last five years has featured a full on frontal attack on Donald Trump for being the yeah. racist that he is. And then come with this. You, you cannot square the two. They do not make sense. And by the way, if these jokes weren't on your show, it wouldn't lessen whatever L-E-S-S-E-N, le- lesson, um, uh, uh, the, the, the take on, th- it's, I, I, I can't, I can't find a reason to justify, I can't. I, no, I there's can't no, there's no real it. justification for it and, at all. And what I did, here's what I did, here's what I did in my, my post. I, I basically said what we're talking about, and I said, look, in year one, year one, the late great comedian Paul Mooney, who just yeah. died this yeah. week. It's coincidental in a way. He died this week, 79 years old. He was Richard Pryor's main writer. He wrote a lot of the great Richard Pryor material with him. And he also wrote that famous sketch between Richard Pryor and Chevy Chase, the job interview, which to me, to me, is one of the best two and a half minutes ever on the issue and Brilliant. it was funny it was right where it needed to be yeah and by the way both actors chevy chase and richard Pryor, did not smirk their way through it they no. did not laugh their way through it which by no. the way if these two guys ever had to try to do something they could never do it Forget right? it, because neither of them have one tenth of the talent of either of those guys i can't believe i'm pushing hard for chevy chase here but he's great <laughs> In playing, well, in, in, playing in his heyday, in, in his in his, his heyday, heyday, Chevy Chase was amazing. It, it, right. He had he had his time, but it, it it was so good, and that was forty six years ago in nineteen seventy five. Right, and you know what, Lorne Michaels, who was a young guy then, young guy then, should have probably had the good sense to say, you know what, we've now done that. We're never going to be able to do better than that. No one's ever going to write anything about that topic or subject better than that. Oh, 25 years from now, 30 years from now, we may have a guy named Dave Chappelle come on. He's pretty damn good. That's fine. But to let these two second-rate people, and that's what they are, in my opinion, 
for doing this continue on year after year. And just nobody can stop it, right, Britt? There's just nobody just, can do anything. Yeah, they just can't. It can't be not be done. It has to yeah. be done. Yeah, and and uh, I, I read a piece of, I guess, the day after the show, which would be Sunday, some guy in Wired, and of course, naturally, I'm paraphrasing this because he agreed with everything I was saying. Um, uh, um, he he pointed out that year after year, year after year, many of us watch that show and we hate it, and we and we hate it. And he went through the generational thing, and this was separate from what I just said about just hating the show in general. But we watch it just to see if it might be funny. Uh, it's a habit. But he says, yeah, if you're if you're 60, then nothing since the first cast of Chevy Chase, Gilda Radner, Dan Aykroyd has been funny since then. If you're about 40, it's the it's the Tina Fey, uh, Maya Rudolph, right. Phil Hartman here. If you're if all right. If so everybody thinks that I don't think that at all. Specifically, I don't sit there and think, well, it hasn't been funny in 46 years. Because, and we've talked about this before, the show has been an uneven, bumpy ride forever. It's always been. And when I talk about a, a, a segment or you talk about a segment from then, yeah, that was a segment on a show that probably had a lot of crap on it that never makes the one-hour highlight shows that they've been running ever since then. I mean, you have to get the DVDs of the, the original shows to see how boring and how bad and how self-indulgent and how drug-addled the writers were for so many of those sketches that they must have thought were hilarious but were flat then and are flat now, and that has continued on forever since then. So that's the piece. There it is. That is the piece. Uh, Saturday Night Live helped create the age of memes. Now it can't keep up. Right. They're trying to understand and work with the fact that everybody has a show, everybody has a blog, everybody has a blog, good word, Brad. Every, every, everybody has a Twitter <laughs> account, everybody has a fake Facebook page, and uh, you know, comedy is ubiquitous and instantaneous. And so by the time it's 11.30 on Saturday night, what is there left to say? The answer is very often not much, so they struggle. Right. Right. They, they, I understand that. I get that. But you know what that means? Shut it down. It's over. Can't do it anymore. Can't do it anymore. I mean, it's the, the last the, bastion of of anything like they used to have shows all the time at the beginning of television that were just these live shows that they would do. And now there's this is the only one that's still this, done live. This is it. Well, this is not this is not the beginning of television anymore. <laughs> it, it and, may, and, but you're right. We've moved on. Ed Sullivan is dead. Perry Como is dead. I wish Lauren Michaels were dead. I wish Lauren Michaels were dead already. Just get out. Just move on. But then they redeem it. By the way, have we beaten this horse? Is the horse on the floor just (laughs) blooded out? Yeah, I the horse stopped breathing. I believe the horse is just up. But didn't they redeem themselves with the Janine Pirro thing? Wasn't the Janine Pirro thing just over-the-top greatness? Didn't you like that? Here's the problem. You're right, but... It doesn't matter. You got an hour and a half, and if if six minutes of the hour and a half hits the target, it doesn't justify the existence of the show. It just doesn't. It's fair. It doesn't. Yeah. But that's all. That's all you all got right. now. Is I mean, you're just looking for some sort of video that's going to be like three minutes or two minutes of greatness, and that's pretty much all you got. But yeah. I. Hey. 
All right, let, let, let's talk about uh, 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 G Goat Phil Phil Mickelson. Phil Mickelson, uh, yeah. Uh, who? I, I guess the amazing part of him winning the, uh, the the PGA was I think he was ranked like 150th in the world. He hadn't finished in the top 20 in any tournament, you know, yeah. for for a year or something like that. I, I mean, think he, he was missing he, cuts. I think he was missing cuts right. on some tournaments. He's a definition of really washed up and just continuing to play because he likes to play. And wouldn't it be nice? And uh, for him to pull that off almost wire to wire, right? I mean, I, I, here's here's the thing. And, and I, I want to – can I pat myself on the back? I never do that, as you know. Oh, no, uh, I, I know. But thurs, Thursday night, he was ahead, right, after the first – he was ahead. Yeah. And I was really tempted to put up a really clever ass. Like, okay, when does the collapse come? When is uh, the, when you, is the, you, you resisted well, doing but, that. But I, did, but I didn't do it. And Good I job. didn't do it. And, 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 and here's why. For the same reason that whenever there's a trial now, if you try to predict the outcome, if there's anything, you're more likely to be wrong and be stupid. And you can win by saying nothing, which, by the way, is the entire Joe Biden presidency. He wins by not being the guy on Twitter to negotiate and demand a ceasefire between Israel and the Palestinians, right? Can you imagine if Trump would have been the president last week and the week before? <laughs> every five minutes, every five minutes, Israel has a right to defend itself. Oh, stop, no. stop it, right? Oh, no. he, there, there'd be no way. How could you be on the ground negotiating if Trump is sitting there tweeting as president? He could have done it. And <laughs> We're going to start look. attacking Hamas. The United States is now going to start attacking Hamas immediately, if not sooner. Right. Right. You know that shit would have happened. Uh, but a- a- too. Anyway, back to, so back to Phil Mickelson. So, so I kept my mouth shut, and uh, uh, so so he wins, and uh, you already know all the the parameters. You know, he's fifty years old. Yeah, this guy ever ever got to win a major tournament on behalf of Generation X. Can I just say fuck you, Rory McIlroy? <laughs> right, right. So uh, Nicholas was forty six when he won his his Masters in uh, nineteen eighty six, and. Uh, uh, a Tiger. Uh, well, now Tiger Woods was sixty-three a couple years ago, right? When he won his, he was older. Well, but, Mickelson, you know, for for a good so, part of his career, you know, it was ten, fifteen years ago. He was a he was a hated guy. He was not a liked guy. For, first of all, he was seen as the antidote to Tiger Woods, who was beloved by a great segment of society. And then he was he was a pretty big boy. He was a little chunky, and that that was something that got on people's nerves. Allow me to do the thing that pisses you off more than anything else. Here is how Fox News is covering the story. <laughs> Can I can I guess? I haven't seen this. Let me guess. White man deservedly wins tournament. No, somehow they've got this story up there. Insane Phil Mickelson crowd frustrates Brooks Brooks Kepka. No one really gave a shit. <laughs> of all the stories to cover that surround the Phil Mickelson victory at the PGA Championship, they decided to go with that one about how the, the rude crowd was pissing off the young snapper. No, nobody gave a shit about what. I let me let me read this story See, because that, that that headline again it for it, it's so bad on its face and what's even worse is right it com- completely forces you and they're so good at that of Fox oh they're so good I know. oh they got me the they got oh, me they got again me. they got me 
As mayhem ensued on the 72nd hole on Sunday and with security losing control of the masses as thousands of spectators stormed the 18th fairway celebrating Phil Mickelson's historic victory, Brooks Kepka was lost in the mob along with his caddy Ricky Elliott for several moments before finally breaking out of the pack to safety. It would have been cool if I didn't have a knee injury and got dinged a few times in the knee in that crowd because no one really gave a shit, Kepka said afterwards. Yeah, it's cool for Phil, but getting dinged a few times isn't exactly my idea of fun. Okay. I was trying right. to protect my knee. <laughs> okay. Okay. That is 12 levels below a story. I know. Right? No, that, 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 that's, that's 12 <laughs> levels below the story or a story. And. Uh, I, I would have gone with, um, let's see, Democrats overlook mob, <laughs> nonviolent white mob. Well, is it in, is that in, the in South Carolina? Over, is it, that, notice how, how polite they were. They didn't break anything. Isn't that the overarching um, the idea? Even in, in um, Joe Biden's America, you can't find law and order on a on a golf course. <laughs> Isn't that yeah. the problem? Yeah, go, the- yeah, go all the way with it. Absolutely. <laughs> right. There's 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 nothing that you can't take <laughs> and, and, and twist into some kind of a, anyway. Look, uh, when you think that, that just a couple months ago, all these golf tournaments were being played with either nobody in attendance or, you know, 150 people. It's, you know, I, and that's obviously the story. And, uh, um you know, I mean, uh, Mickelson has gone from a guy who he had a great career. What did he want about? He won about four or five majors, which yeah. puts, you know, there aren't that many people that won four or five. Sure. Um, Plus but he by was, winning he, this at this moment, he moved. He kind of moves into a different class. He, does, he really, he really does. does, because you've yeah. now challenged. That's the bad part. And now every guy is going to keep playing beyond their natural life. Thinking, well, fuck! Look at Mickelson. He doesn't look like he's ever lifted a weight in his life. Okay, the no, only weight he's not... ever lifted is is a fifteen ounce glass. That's looks... not fair. He looks right. a lot less chunky now than he did ten or twelve years ago. He's in probably well, the best he, shape of his life. He does he does those commercials for I can't remember which drug. I mean, he's got some kind of chronic. Uh, yeah. Some kind of chronic illness, which I'm surprised he doesn't have that drug name on his shirt. He's instead a, of uh, he's a uh, chronic he, asshole. He takes medication for being a chronic asshole, yeah. as as many of us in Generation X do. But he was able to keep it at bay to win this one this weekend. Right. So God right, bless right. him for being able. Zarelta for being a chronic asshole may cause diarrhea. I you know because they all cause diarrhea. But you know, I it was a great moment for him, and I, I I'm happy for him. And again, you know, he was. He was not the most popular figure there for a while. He's got his own hook, you know, as far as being left-handed. It always kind of looks different to see him hit the ball that way and shit like that. So, yeah, it, it, it was a good weekend story for sure. You're just a huge dick if you can't be happy for him. Oh, hi, Fox News. Oh, there you are. Sorry. <laughs> Back to that. <laughs> now, All right. Your you third story was go ahead. It was the lyrics to one Go ahead soldier. and hate your neighbor. Go ahead yeah. and cheat the IRS. Yes, uh, just when you thought that the uh, right-wingers, the conservatives, the Trumpers had run out of shit to uh, automatically reject and oppose coming out of the Biden administration, uh, Biden, as and, and by the way, all presidents, they seem to do this. Where if we could just cut the waste and fraud, we'd get X number of dollars. It would help us pay for programs, help us balance the budget, whatever. All right, so, so Biden says, you know, 
I want to hire 87,000 new people from the uh, IRS. And let's back up the truck for a moment here. Remember, that's a, a, uh, a right-wing conservative whipping board. Just the fact that taxes exist in the first place and the IRS, that it exists, right? If we could just make it so you could fill out your taxes on a postcard and get right. rid of the that that's the dream, right? Because these are right. the jackbooted thugs who will come after you and take everything that you got. And uh, we hate taxes. We're cutting tax. Right. Uh, so, so Biden says that because there is so much cheating going on, and we know that it's to the tune of billions and billions and billions of dollars every year. And most of the cheating, of course, is done in proportion to how much money you make. The more you make, the more you cheat, right? Because you got more money to try to keep by sure. by cheating. Um, so the conservatives, the Republicans, have said, no way. No way. Do not expand the IRS. Remember, Trump was, was slicing it down, cutting it down so that there could be, uh-huh. be more cheating. Um, Why do you think that was? Just, <laughs> but, but here, wait, this is the best part of it. They are opposing this under the guise of this would be a tax hike. Oh, I, I swear to you, they're saying that's that cute. if right, if if you are compelled to pay what you actually owe on your income taxes and you can't get away with it because there are more IRS agents and they're auditing more people at a greater percentage rate then that's a tax hike in the world of being a Republican, right? Mm-hmm. So we, we can't do that. So they're, they're against that. So it, it does not matter. Um, the idea of negotiating with Mitch McConnell or any of them on anything, the Democrats should just say, that's it. We're, we're done. We're out of here because they, they don't want to do anything. And, uh, off you go. That's That's it. So it's a tax hike. That's a that it's that's a tax that's, hike. The, it, that's it, all there is to it. And that is that is exactly right. It is a it is a uh, it is a tax hike. So I, hey, you know what? Before before we go on, I, uh, Saturday night. Uh, Saturday was my wife's birthday. Oh yay, Jane! And um, we went out Saturday night together to a restaurant. Yeah, for the first time. Have, have not done it once since last year, you know, for over a year, really. Yeah. I mean, I brought in food, brought yeah. in pizza, brought sure. in, but not until then. And um, we went to a place, and if you're, uh, if you're a local and you're, you're, uh, you're, you're catching us here, you know what place I'm talking about here when I mentioned that it was Cafe Pasta. Oh, right? sure. And... Um, uh, Cafe Pasta has been open since 1984. God 84. And, and the, the number of quality restaurants anywhere in the country that have been open yeah. that long, 37 so, years, yeah. is it's very small. A lot of them fell by the wayside, not just in the last year, but, but before that for all the reasons that I mean, there's a reason they have all those shows on Bravo about, you know, restaurant assholes. You know, I'm going to fix your fucking restaurant or you're going under, whatever the name of those there's like so, There's like these statistics about in the first year, most of them shut down, and, and there's right. very few of them that survived past so, five years and all that stuff. So we, we, we went in there, and a, uh, a, a guy that everybody knows around our part of the woods, Ray Issa, 
Fantastic. Not only not only is he still there every minute, every hour, hands on, talking to everybody, getting it done. He he runs the restaurant like such a profession. It's it's unbelievable. Yeah. And, you know, I had a, a, a brief conversation with him because you know he he's busy. Um, but this is what what killed it for me. We're sitting there. And, of course, he's already got the uh, birthday dessert thing all set up. Sure. And he's the waitress set. brings over. And Ray comes over there. He says, you know, my mom still makes the desserts. His mother's Holy 90. Holy shit. All right. His Holy crap. What is she and, making? And then, is she making like tiramisu? What's she making? And, yeah. And, and, and then he, uh, he uh, proceeded to tell us how they made it through the last year. And he's talking about how he was going out of his way not to lay anybody off or fire. And, and he said that they had people constantly driving up, yeah. picking up in front of the uh, restaurant there. And uh, they were able to, t- to hang in there long enough. And now, of course, they're over on the other side. And, you know, it looked like any night that you'd ever been there any time in the last 35 years. I had my 40th birthday party there. Yeah. And they were so great then, and, and that's Jeez. 25 years ago, according yeah. to my calendar. I'd have to look <laughs> yeah. at it. I think that's right. And uh, these kind of people are kind of unsung heroes of what yeah. we've seen in the last year. And I don't know if you saw the statistics uh, finally put out over the weekend after all this is done. And I'm, I'm using the word only because it applies considering what you thought you knew. Only 10% of restaurants went out of business. I did see that last year. And I I, I think we were under the impression that it was 30, 40, 50% of of restaurants went out. And all that was going to be left was Olive Garden, Chipotle, and McDonald's. Yeah. Right? We we thought that was going to happen. That's about it. And and it, it, it isn't going to happen. And that's good. So, so folks who, uh, you know, everybody, they're still having trouble finding people, new people to work of course. in restaurants, of course. But, but um, uh, the last couple of weeks have been uh, somewhat astounding in the United States, don't you think? It's been amazing. Yeah. And I think we're in, we're in for a lot of irrational exuberance this summer when people go to clubs and forget how to act and they've gone out and stuff like that. But I do, I but do that's relish. What we want. We, we, well, that's what we want again. Bring it I don't back. Want them to fall, I don't want them that's falling America. down and getting drunk and getting into fights. I do want them supporting businesses like Mr. Reese's for sure. I want them going in there and ordering pasta and getting those desserts from his mom and stuff like that. Those are the people that need to be celebrated. Uh, for sure, uh, that needs to happen. And, and if anybody has the balls to go out there right now and to say, yeah, I'm looking at the landscape, I'm going to go ahead and start a business. I'm going to start a restaurant. This guy, God bless them. If they got the balls you to know, do that, I, you need to step are, up and try are that. People, I know there are people that did that in the last year, especially you know, some people had plans already in place. God bless know, them. In, in 2019, and, and they went through with it, and hopefully they were able to. If you know folks like that, go and support solid. what they do because that's that's a hell of a risk and that's a great thing. And you know these these are these are you got guys like Mister Isa who's been this like you said been doing this for all these years. Holy crap! It's it's tremendous what they've been doing. And what what's even it was 
it was better than I remember. I mean, everything was oh. just perfectly done. Just, just, there's just, never, just, yeah, right that place, that's one of those places where you never have a bad experience. There's never like, it's, there's never a missed note. There's never, it's almost, it's almost eerie how good, how, how spot on they are every single time. And it doesn't matter if the server's been there two days or if they've been there 10 years. They always have like the best people and everything's where it should be. And if you have a problem or, hey, I need some more salt, it's like, it's always, that, that place is always spot on. Yeah, I mean, I, I kind of felt bad for our server because, you know, they still have to wear masks. Yeah. The people who work in, they still have to wear masks. And most of the people eating there were, were like us. So clearly, we were older and, we were, you know, we we're vaccinated and, and the rest. But that doesn't matter because when you're on the other side of this, you have to assume yeah, you do. that uh, that the people that the people are. All right. Just just wanted to get that in there. Oh, can I can I do one more thing? There's another thing I, I, I went berserk about and I uh, I. I didn't see the story last week. I don't think you saw the story with it. I just just saw it this morning. This whole thing about Joe Biden and the Notre Dame graduation ceremony. This story is it's it's kind of everything wrapped up into one thing because uh, many presidents have spoken at the Notre Dame graduation. It's it's clo- it's as close to being a service academy graduation as there gets. A lot of presidents have spoken. Some haven't. Um, you know, some have. Uh, Trump never did. Mike Pence, I think, did it in 2017 because they weren't they didn't want Trump there even then. OK, uh, but let's not use him as the, the standard here. Oh, so Joe Biden was uh, was invited. And suddenly the Notre Dame nation exploded. Much of it. Thousands of them signed a petition. We don't want this guy. He's pro-choice. He's the worst. He wants to use federal tax money for a boy. He's against all blah, blah, blah. On and on it goes. So Joe Biden says, well, sorry, I can't come. I have a scheduling conflict, which, of course, is always a lie when people say that. Um, but it's a graceful way to get out of a a situation that could be a little bit uncomfortable. The worst thing that you would do right now, if you were Joe Biden is force yourself on a graduation crowd where uh, a large percentage of them just hate you because you'd like to kill the babies and uh, they would walk out. They would turn their backs to you, all the kind of things that you can do at graduation ceremonies to screw it up. So he backs out of it. And uh, I thought, Holy shit. Thank you, Notre Dame. What a year it's been. You gave us Amy Coney Barrett. Gee, wonder how she's going to vote in these abortion cases. Hmm. I wonder. Can't even begin to imagine, right? Somewhat of an, somewhat an evergreen story. This is when it's from 2009 inside yeah. the Obama-Notre Dame controversy. I do remember this being a thing because, you know, he's a, he, he was all for killing the babies. He was a big fan of killing the babies, and there were a lot of people at Notre Dame who felt that that was antithetical to the mission of the university, but he still ended up speaking at the university. So it, it, it does happen from time to time that they have this sort of thing, and you're right. Um, Joe Biden says, thanks, but no thanks. It'll be fine. I'll be over here. You guys can continue doing what you want. I, yes. I, I think get- it's a very deft sidestep of something that would have been um, – Issue A today. There'd be video of it all over the place. Right, it's it a would, useless right? fight, and it's a useless fight to pick. And that's one of the great things about Joe Biden is he's not going to pick stupid ass useless fights right. like like but, the previous guy. But, but Britt, 
that would have been the first 25 oh minutes of the noon show on Fox of them Jesus. arguing over this. This would have been Meghan McCain melting down on The View. Blah, they would have had Confederate flags. Dukes at pickups with Confederate flags would have descended upon South Bend to protest. <laughs> I mean, by now, my God, it would have been insane by now. So you're I mean, that's one of the great things about Joe Biden. You don't get brownie points for that. You don't get style points for not picking a fight. Nobody ever says to look at the way that he doesn't do something. Nobody ever says that about somebody, but they should because, I mean, discretion. Uh, I, I don't know how closely you followed the news the last two weeks out of uh, the Middle East and Israel and the, the, the fight on the West Bank and yeah. uh, um, Hamas. and um, But Joe Biden was taking a lot of public shit the first week or so because right. it was being portrayed as he's just not engaged, he's he's ignoring it, he's not in there. All right, well, again, just like with the Notre Dame thing, what does he do? He does the work, and he does the work without being on TV every hour, and he does it without being on Twitter every five minutes to say, here's what uh, I'm going to do, and here's what I order for the world, and if you don't give in, we're, we're going to get in there and drop some bombs or some shit like that. Yeah. And uh, they they worked it. They worked it. He talked to to Netanyahu, I believe, six times, six times uh, over that period. And at least at this moment, the result is what you want to happen in the short term, because there's no long term discussion here. There's no long term about why didn't Joe Biden solve a problem that's thousands of years in the making for a thousand years going forward. That's not the standard. The standard is to stop the the uh, violence and the killing initially so that there's a chance that there can be some kind of discussion, which is likely to go nowhere, but that's better than continuing to have uh, all the violence and the war-making and the, the terrorism so overt. And he got the job done. He got the job done. Could could in the next hour, a, a bunch of new rockets make it through to Tel Aviv and a hundred people? Get, of course it could. We know that that isn't the question. No, we we, we know that. But you said it last week, and it's been absolutely clear. This is just Net not Yahoo trying to prop up his ass. That's exactly what this is. It's nothing more, and it's nothing less, and it's really not working. But he's this is what he feels like he has to do to save his yeah. political ass because he's in trouble and he can't. He, he's not the man that he used to be. So he lobs some bombs and it, it goes over really great. And, you know, that that's really the story here. Let's, let's just put it this way. Uh, Netanyahu is not the Phil Mickelson of <laughs> Israeli prime minister. He's just not. He's not getting it done anymore. <laughs> hey, hey, you know what? I, I know you, you must have seen these two stories about the same thing today. And LeBron James is dropping the ball more and more on things. All yes, I saw this. And, and he 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 has been just garroted, and rightfully so, both by Charles Barkley and by Stephen A. Smith I saw for this. saying nothing, nada, zip, about getting vaccinated. All right? He could be, arguably, the most prominent person who would fit the bill of well, don't listen to me, a politician. Don't listen to me, a doctor on cable telling you to get vaccinated. Listen to trusted friends, uh, people in your community, 
people who you believe would not lead you astray who are telling you to get the vaccine. And LeBron James has said nothing. And what's even worse, he's done the, I'm not going to tell you whether I've been vaccinated. He's not even sharing whether he got vaccinated, as if this is some kind of um, uh, a privacy violation, which is bullshit. It's just bullshit. And uh, I don't know what's wrong with him. I don't know. Stephen A. Smith uh, uh, whooped him, and, and so did Charles Barkley. And uh, How can okay, you and say? If you want to be, be honest, that's Charles Barkley from the right and Stephen A. Smith <laughs> from the left, if you want to be if you want to play the political uh, angle here, how can okay? you say that you're trying to be a positive voice for, for the community, for the culture, if for you're not going to speak out on, uh, for anybody, if you're not going to yeah. speak out, but I, I think specifically when we talk about how this has been so detrimental, the virus has been such a hard hitting thing toward the black community, toward African-Americans. I'm seeing some great public service announcements here in our area with the Reverend William Barber from the, you know, the former head of the NAACP. And he's trying to urge folks to, you know, get your spot and get shot. And for LeBron James to say, no, not again, not only am I not going to tell you, but I'm not going to tell you how I, how I was, was vaccinated as well. I I I find that it's kind of weak. I think it's even worse. He played the, you know, it is your choice. I don't get this. I don't. I don't understand this at all. That sounds. That I mean, sounds like the, the only. The only per- by the way, he is in a contest. He is in a contest with Rand Paul. I did see that. For too. who is the biggest jerk right. in public about getting vaccinated? I mean, uh, R- Rand Paul is such a jerk. I mean, I believe he was on uh, one of the Sunday shows yesterday, and uh, said, "I haven't been vaccinated. I'm planning to get vaccinated. Why? Well, because I had it." I got COVID and I have the antibodies, which, of course, absolutely positively goes against what every doctor of note has said, that even if you had it, you should still get vaccinated because there is no long term study or evidence about how long whatever uh, immunity you might have from having contracted the virus, how long that would be effective and so you're much better building on whatever you have by getting the vaccine so uh doctor dr Rand paul and uh lebron who will never be dr j uh lebron james um both my god my god from again it's that duke how many other folks who have actually been through duke university medical school who've decided they're not going to get vaccinated I mean, oh, most of them probably right? <laughs> Jesus probably. how ridiculous is this guy well, and, by, and by the way by the way um uh just based on that th- they should withdraw his md staff <laughs> well, they should pull it back yeah, they, they should. should. They they should take it back, and I don't know whether they can or not. Because it'd be great know, if they did, though. It. It'd be but, great but if they. And by the way, speaking of that, uh, speaking of that, um, I uh, I I read a piece, and again, this is one of these ones that kind of got by me. I, I think it got by you too. You didn't see it. Yeah. Uh, right after January sixth, uh, several colleges and universities that had awarded Donald Trump honorary degrees. Yanked them back, pulled them back. I think uh, uh, Middlebury College in Vermont had given him one, and um, uh, a, a couple of others. One back in like the eighties, and they said we're, we're still taking it back. We gave you, a, a, and, and they said because you know you you advocated the overthrow of the government. You suck, and, and we're sorry we ever gave you a an honorary degree, and. Uh, 
Trump was left with just one honorary degree after uh, everybody pulled back the ones that he had. And the answer, of course, is Liberty University. They, they're allowing him to keep his honorary degree. Oh, good. God bless him. I'm so happy for Liberty. Yeah. <laughs> Congratulations. They're, they're, they're sticking with him. And, and you know, the Jerry Falwell isn't even running the place anymore, and they still didn't pull it back. So, I don't know what they're thinking there. I mean, how bad do you have to? I mean, okay, if Bill Cosby had all of his honorary degrees pulled back right after he got after he got charged and then convicted of what he did, but uh, how bad do you have to suck to have been a president, <laughs> elected president, and then have your honorary degrees withdrawn? It's not even a thing. I mean, how could they even consider? I, 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 I'm just speechless that they would be like, yeah, we looked it over. He's fine. We wanted, in fact, we wanted to have two. Come back and we'll give you another we'll give you another honorary degree. One is not enough, Donald. Brad and Brit.com.